welcome to another book on the shelf podcast i'm jet and i'm jen and welcome to episode 67 man wow wild um as you know we talk about books we talk about writing uh we've had a few interviews with authors which have been awesome yes (laughs) i love all of our interviews they're just so fun and they all just like happen so like naturally and randomly it's awesome uh, but one of the main things, especially in this past <laughs> year, uh, <laughs> um, you know, we've talked with authors like Sidora Ludwig and Tiffany DeBartolo. There's so many different ways to write and be creative. Uh, things, you know, fictions, blogs, short stories, poems, technical writing. Uh, and that actually leads us to our guest today. Yay! <laughs> uh, Katie Thorndike has a... Oh. Uh, lovely the pot sorry guys the podcat is uh making herself known she hasn't <laughs> been on an episode in a while so that's good <laughs> uh katie thorndike she is a blogger a technical writer she has a podcast uh she's one of my best friends and she's here to talk to us about writing yes and we're so excited i'm so glad to have you <laughs> well thank you i'm excited to be here and to like finally be on the podcast i mean i know I basically get all of my book recommendations from you two in the podcast. <laughs> so pretty excited. Amazing. Do you want to give us a little intro, kind of, you know, your background, what what your business is right now? Sure. Uh, so <laughs> what aspect do you want to know about? Um, so many things like you gave me in that wonderful introduction. Most of my work right now is technical writing little bit of copywriting but it's mostly for engineering firms and really techie businesses so I found a strange way to combine my past life as an engineer and my current life as a writer uh, in order to like find this weird spot where probably not a lot of people could do it um But it's ended up being a really weird, crazy journey to get here. And then recently, I've started doing some writing for different blogs where I actually have a byline, which is a big deal compared to ghostwriting and doing other content creation for different outlets online because you don't get credit for it. So actually getting my, I think like my first and second byline on some bigger blogs has been huge because now I'm able to write about careers and work and books and that kind of you know is a nice tie-in to you guys except I don't get to write about very cool fiction books I'm just writing about (laughs) um, more like non-fiction business career-y type books for these blogs but it has led me to also be able to interview some really cool authors and do some awesome research. So I'm grateful to be able to do that. And then, yeah, I have a podcast called The Otherwise Intelligent Woman, where I speak to all different types of women and we talk about work and all the different ways that we can work. And really, it's kind of a passion project that stemmed from me realizing that there is so much out there in the world of work that I wish I knew before I started on this career path in engineering, thinking that I could do anything. (laughs) Not true. (laughs) Um, 
And there are barriers, right? So I would rather we talked about those things a little bit more upfront. Um, and that's a really long-winded description of the things <laughs> that I'm doing. I thought it was a great description of the things that you're doing. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, and, and also just a little bit more of the background. Like, you were like, I don't know the official, but like some sort of like super mechanical engineer race car. Yeah person like this isn't just like oh I write technical things like you have like your masters and like right yeah you have your masters in race cars right yeah I have two master's degrees (laughs) because (laughs) why would you not just get one um the, (laughs) the short answer to that question is I couldn't decide between the two um so I just did both. But one of them is in motorsport engineering and the other is in race car aerodynamics. So, yes. That is all extremely cool to me. It's, <laughs> it's like super specialized, very, um, yeah, it it is super cool. It is super fun, except it's kind of a sphere that's dominated by old white dudes and yeah. uh, if you come into an industry like that and you are young, and I think I was, what, 24, 25, when I got my job to start up the consultancy at the business that I was working in. So young woman, new technology, kind of competing <laughs> against a lot of different barriers. And it was just too hard. Like I was, I did it for almost a decade, um, basically, uh designing, optimizing, analyzing full vehicle aerodynamics. So I would be in a wind tunnel for tests and then I would do all the simulation on the other side. I ended up building a team doing that. We've built like world-class, crazy, cool, I guess you could say like winning race cars. I can't tell you exactly what they are because it's always super secret. Um, (laughs) It, um, it was really cool. And I thought like that was like, I thought that was what I was going to do for the rest of my life. Right. Um, and then, you know, you kind of realize you can only fight the battle for so long and you're only one person. And I ended up getting really sick. Um, and I just realized like, I'm not happy. Like, I don't want to be in this situation anymore. I wanted to be more creative. I wanted to work from home. And then, so I just tried like 17 different things um until I finally figured out okay a what do I enjoy doing and b what can I actually make a living writing about because god it's hard um to make a living writing and then I think it was it was necessary to leverage the technical part of my background in order to kind of give me a leg up both for pay and for credibility um but it's been kind of nice because it sort of lets me get back into some of the engineering stuff, but actually have fun with it rather than, you know, not have so much fun with it in a previous life. And then like on the flip side, I'm now able to do the racing stuff more like as a family thing, right? Like my father-in-law races a NASCAR, Adam races a Legends car. I used to race go-karts competitively. So it's more like fun time stuff. Um, and then I get to to work from home, which was like really the end goal for me. And then, that is all amazing. <laughs> then the pandemic happened and we all worked from home. That's <laughs> true. And yeah. I, you know, it's weird because I think back to that and I think like, 
what if I had just held out for two more years? And I was like, no, I would have died. I would have actually <laughs> just died. Oh, man. So to kind of get to the different writing you're doing, and that's something, uh, you know, like I've seen you go through the different types of writing and sort of finding the your little niche of awesomeness right now. <laughs> um, and also anyone who has ever checked out our blog at anotherbookontheshelf.com, uh, Jen and I write the blogs, but Katie helps us. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> Significantly. Um, <laughs> with a lot of the, the bloggy, the blogifying, the SEO stuff, um, which like, it's just so hard and I don't understand why it's so hard. <laughs> um, beers are always really awesome. So why don't you talk about some blog writing or shout out some of the ones that you've written? Sure. Um, well, and I think, like, I talk to you guys about this stuff all the time because it is hard. And I think I think a lot of people make it harder than it needs to be. Um, so what I always tell you guys is write the thing first, the way you want it to be, the way you want it to sound, the way you want it to come across. And then I'll help you with, you know, keyword research, where to put in those phrases, how to structure things. Um and I actually have a freebie on my website. So if anybody wants that for free rather than trying to do all that research yourself, uh, go ahead and download it because it's not worth you spending all that time on your own. Um, <laughs> but really, the the SEO stuff was interesting because I, I learned it when I started working for a copywriting firm. Uh, and they are fully remote and they're based in Ottawa. And it was such a great opportunity for me because... I got to work with a bunch of women, which was nice. And that was a big difference from working with all men previously. But I got to learn all of those technical skills in the background. So copywriting is an art in and of itself. SEO is an art in and of itself. And then learning how to write for basically different clients. You know, what type of content do they need? Who are you speaking to? How are you going to position this thing? And so I developed those skills doing most of the copywriting work and then that's kind of been a really good tool um, to have in my tool belt as it were uh, so now whenever I write a blog for a different outlet or um, even if it's for my own blog I guess I can go in there and put those little extra bits in because you know even if you're a small blog even if you're starting out you might not see traction right away. And that that really is the whole thing. Everybody thinks that they'll get somebody in to do SEO and it'll just like automatically take <laughs> off in, in a month or two. But the reality for me has been uh, putting out these blogs, doing the podcast, because even that is content that gets added to the website every week. And it's taken, I guess, basically two or three years for the SEO to actually start working, for people to be finding me and reading these blogs and and sending me work inquiries. So that's one lesson is, you know, it really does take time to build up a little bit of a following, whether you're using SEO or not. Um, and then I've been writing for this blog called theladders.com. And basically it's, it's like a careers page. Um, and they have like a job board and stuff where they post jobs on it, but it's kind of a neat combination of like, health stuff and productivity and careers and like 
books that are going to help you in your job and all this cool stuff. So I've written things on um, book reviews. I've done things like negotiation tactics and um, talking about kind of being a working mom and how that all fits into things. So it's been a neat transition um, to kind of go from like the copywriting realm, which is like purely sales, to doing more content creation that, yeah, it might have some SEO in it. Yeah, you're talking to a certain audience, but it's actually more about like teaching and learning and sharing your stories and and helping people with their careers, which is an interesting parallel to the podcast that I didn't realize I was kind of building up this repertoire of workplace issues and, you know, like the different things we like to do, especially as creatives. If you're somebody that likes to read and write and you have dreams of, you know, either building your own business or doing something on your own that is a podcast or a blog or maybe you want to become a freelance writer it's all of these like topics and issues like money and negotiation and pay and all those things that I don't know I guess I kind of built up unintending to um, put that to use like in my career so that's been that's been like a really fun turn of events because like it's one thing to do the technical stuff and like yeah, I can do it and blah, blah, blah. And it's like good and the people are good. But the career stuff is kind of, I think it's more impactful is is sort of how I would describe it. That's awesome. I love when stuff just like grows organically like that, just based on basically on like what you want to be doing. Yeah. Without even realizing it. it necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. It was a weird thing. Like Jed and I were talking about it and And that's just it. I didn't think about it until it sort of happened. And then even in discussions with friends like you guys, you're like, well, wait a second. You've kind of been working towards this. And, (laughs) you know, you really like writing. You like talking about work. You like talking about people or talking with people about their careers. And then add on the aspect of like, talking to authors, getting to interview them, reading books from publishers and writing about that kind of stuff um, for people who basically like want to leg up in their career. It all was a really neat coming together. So I'm excited for that, uh, especially, I think, to continue because I got to interview one of my favorite authors. Was it last week or the week before? Um And it was one of those moments where you're just like, holy shit, like, is this actually happening? Like, yeah, that's awesome. Am I talking to this guy that like I read his book every year because it's that impactful to me? And it was like just so crazy. Like, you know, when you have those moments, like, I don't know if you guys find that when you're interviewing a certain author and you're just like, oh, man, like, this is so cool. (laughs) Yeah, I just love interviewing pretty much anybody in general who's into writing Mm. or, you know, in some way, just because like um, Jet was saying sort of at the beginning, there's just so many different ways that people approach their writing and approach like their creative process and, and work it into a career Mm -hmm. that it's always just so interesting to talk to people about. Yeah. About it. It's really true because Mm -hmm. I think, I think a lot of the times you don't, 
I don't know about you, but like you're kind of fed this story when you're little where it's like you do this thing and then you get a degree and then you do the career and then you're in that career forever and that's it. Whereas there's yeah. there's actually, you know, like a million and one different ways to have a career, to make money, to be fulfilled, to have creative pursuits that may or may not generate money, right? Like for me, the writing does generate money. But the podcast doesn't, but that doesn't mean Mm -hmm. it's any less worthy of my time and my effort and my creativity, you know? Absolutely. For sure. But yeah, Yeah. it's definitely something I've been thinking a lot about lately. Um, I mean, this whole past year, because I was laid off Mm. back in September. um, And I also hadn't been working since March. Um, I am working, doing a few little things now. but not quite enough that it's it's like making me enough money to survive off of forever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've been trying to like figure out how to make something work for myself that lets me pull from all the different things I like doing, writing being one of them, mm-hmm. and turn it into something that's like actually a career. <laughs> well, and I think the thing about that is like I was talking about this um in one in a recent podcast episode because it's one of those things where like if you look back on you know all the things you've done up to this point and how you like at least for me how I've gotten to the place I am now it's just like trying everything right like Mm -hmm. a million and one different things see what feels good see where you end up see and you know what like honestly it's a it's a double-edged sword because there's some stuff you're going to do just because you freaking love it. And then there's some stuff you're going to do because it freaking makes you money. So (laughs) you, and, and sometimes you have to have like two of one and one of the other, and then it kind of bounces back and forth because there's no shame in writing that may or may not be super creatively fulfilling, but that puts food on the table. Mm -hmm. You know, and and that's kind of how I look at some of my technical writing because it's not like I get a lot of fulfillment from writing an automotive sales guide, but right. it's like leveraging skills that I have. Like you guys have writing skills that is in no doubt, right? So it's how do you leverage that to make a decent living and then also giving yourself like a little bit of time on the side to do whatever the creative thing is that you want to do. And then eventually, after you try like seven different things, you sort of (laughs) like you find maybe one or two that marry the two, uh, like money-making and creativity. But it never goes the way you think it will, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's never something you can plan. It's always something that's messy. It always feels literally crazy all the time like I I always pull a quote from every podcast episode and I think for that one I had I pulled one that was something like you know don't get married to just one career but I the quote I almost pulled was like I am barely keeping it together a hundred percent of the time (laughs) you know I just wish people were more honest about that especially in creative professions because it is tough, right? Like there are so many people that are trying to freelance and unfortunately there are only there are only a select few who are really 
great at it or who really put in the time to learn it and see it as a craft. And there's so many other people that are just willing to do it for literally pennies on the dollar. Mm -hmm. And that makes it really hard for the rest of us to make a living, right? Because if everybody's just in a race to the bottom, writing for a living can be super tough if you are always um, like looking for new clients and in a battle against people that are like, it's crazy. Like I've heard new writers take taking on jobs for like, write a thousand words on this topic for five dollars. And I'm like, what? Like what? You cannot. Five dollars? Yeah, it's bad. Like it is so. T- and and even if you're on the editing side of the equation, which in my opinion is still quite creative, but there is a need for a lot of different type of editors, like substantive editors, copy editors, all that kind of stuff. But even them, like they get shafted when it comes to pay. Um, And even if it takes them less time to edit something than it does to write it, it doesn't take away from their skill level. But they'll get, you know, I think it's like something crazy, like 0.04 cents per word or something bananas like that. Um, And so they just, you end up having to like churn out so many things. And I did that at the beginning, right? Like, I worked too much. I remember that. Oh, yeah. It was, <laughs> it was not a fun time. Um, and I'd be up to like midnight, one in the morning every day after working a full day, just trying to get enough words written or edited to make a living. And like, you can do that for a little bit, but it's it's so hard if you're in it in like a, a word count game versus... Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's not sustainable. Yeah. Exactly. Like you just burn out. Yes, exactly. Well, that's even just when, when, uh, like the times that I would try to make sure I was writing every day and like work on my creative writing stuff that, you know, one day will happen again. One day. <laughs> but, and that's what it is, right? Cause like so many people would do that, you know, okay, you have to write 500 words a day or like NaNoWriMo, right? Like, mm-hmm those were those 668 words or whatever pile up real fast but if you're spending an hour every day writing whether it's 20 words or 2000 words like the the time is more important than the word count yeah whether it's creative or something like working for firms like that too well and they don't always like like time and words don't always how am, I, how am I trying to phrase this? The amount of time you get, like you spend, doesn't always equal the same amount of words. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Because yeah. I'll yeah. have I'll have days where I will sit down and I can bang out 1,500 words in like, you know, a couple hours if I'm like on it in a zone. And then I'll have other days where I sit there for five hours and I manage like maybe 500 words. Mm-hmm. Well, because you're not a machine, right? Yeah. And like... <laughs> The, it's interesting because uh, the author that I was talking to, his his new release is all about choosing the lighter path in every aspect of our lives. And mm. I mean, it's a really cool book, but one of the things in there when he talks about writing is having these thresholds. So if let's say you have a daily word count that you want to hit, you have to have like a minimum where in your mind you're like I will be okay I will not beat myself up as long as I get let's say 200 words down on the page 
And then you have to have an upper limit as well. So even if you're in the zone, like even Mm -hmm. if you're rocking along, cruising, like doing all this stuff, if you hit that max, like let's say it's a thousand words or 1500 or whatever it is for you, you stop because we've all done this where you're Mm -hmm. like, yeah, but I'm like in the zone and like I'm going and I haven't run out of creativity. But if you get to that point where you do run out of creativity, the next day you're zapped, right? Like, yes, you just can't write anything. And then so it's like, well, what's better writing a ton on one day and then like feeling like crap and beating yourself up the next day because you don't do anything. Whereas if you set these like thresholds where you're just like, listen, I only got 500 done today or maybe it's like a hundred depending on how many other things you have going on in your life. Like, I think we all need to be a little bit nicer to ourselves when it comes to that kind of thing and like put those little boundaries in place so that you're like okay I know that I can do this and like you say maybe it's words maybe it's time because some of us are like really strapped for time let's say your kids are at home and you're trying to work from home and you also want to write this thing and you like love reading books you may only have 10 minutes 15 minutes every day So say to yourself, okay, for those 15 minutes, I'm going to research or try and work or maybe read this little thing that I think might help my writing project and then like be okay with it, you know, because I I think it's like the comparison aspect that gets in the way too, because you see other people like writing a lot and they have these little bullet journals and like every day they're getting a thousand words done and you're just like, I can like I can't even do like fucking 10 minutes of stretching a day so I'm <laughs> never gonna be able to sit down and be like I'm going to creatively write for you know an hour every day like it's just you're setting yourself up for failure right so yes like lower that upper limit I think would be my advice because like we all want to go 100 miles an hour but like inevitably you're gonna run out of fuel Mm-hmm. Even with reading, like, mm. you know, 2021 has been a slump, oh, uh, to say the least. <laughs> I had a couple good weeks there in March. Man, it was so good. But, like, that's what it is. Like, you would see, because, you know, like, January 1st, I was like, okay. But then, like, on Bookstagram, you would just see all these people. And, like, halfway through January, they had already read, like, eight books. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yep. So, like, whether it's yep. writing or reading it's so hard to not compare yourself to them even if because like my reading goal for the year is like 30 books which is like not a lot you know Jen's is more other people have ones that are like 100 150 books which is just like I can't even fathom but 30 books is so many for some people yeah and that's just it right and it's that like it just has to be whatever works for you and like those people also aren't in my life they don't have my job they don't have my situation so like Maybe they're just reading all day. Right. Which like, I mean, you also don't know. like jealous, but. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just it. Like we, we don't have the context when we're like comparing ourselves or seeing these lofty goals. And then the other thing I saw, I think I listened on a podcast. Um, they were talking about like how they read a book, not just, you know, getting through a certain number of books. And it was. Mm. To me, it was really nice. It kind of took the pressure off because especially for something like nonfiction and you're reading through and there's like different sections. He said he literally goes, okay, I'll read the introduction. 
I'll read the conclusion and then I'll read the first and the last page of every single section that I think might apply to what I need. And beyond that, I'm not going to put any pressure on myself to read the whole book because there are so many books in the world and there is so many other things that we all need to be doing that he was like, you just have to be smart about it. Like, obviously for fiction, you know, you want to like, you have to read the whole story. It's a little bit different. <laughs> just take a couple chapters here and there. <laughs> like, just take out, you know. But I mean, just be really other... confused the whole time. <laughs> you get to the end and you're like, what? <laughs> but on the other hand, like, if you don't like a fiction book, how often are you forcing yourself to read the whole thing when really, yeah. like, life is too short? Like, just... That DNF was my that when thing. I put on part of uh, when I was writing my blog post for how to read more. Um, one of the things that I put on there was stop reading books you're not enjoying. Yep. I love that. Like if you don't like that book, stop reading it because then then you're not going to read at all because you're going to be like, oh, I got to go back to that book. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, just stop. Life's too short. Move on to a different one. It's fine. Yeah. And it's like that guilt too of like, you know, and especially in like the last year and a bit like you have to read a book that has meaning purpose emotion that crushes you somehow that teaches you something that is changing your life in some way but also maybe can I just read like a really easy thriller where like you know who, who the killer is but you don't care and you just like speed through it in a day and you're like yes yeah it's literally all my brain has capacity for right now yeah right yeah that's just I also it. haven't really read actually what I've been reading a lot of right now is um, I've actually finally gotten onto the the essay collection train that I said I was getting on at the beginning of this year, because <laughs> it turns out that's working really well for me right now to be able to sit down with the book and be like, okay, I'm just going to read this one essay and mm -hmm. that's cool. And it's like not as much of a commitment to a whole story and it's like complete in itself. And I'm like, okay, cool. Then I can put this down, pick it back up when I feel like it. Yeah. Love that. And yeah. I think a lot of that even just reply, uh, applies to like, writing routines and stuff like we kind of talked about having your thresholds and stuff like that um and we we talk about writing routines all the time I, I have high hopes for myself there's gonna be a day it's gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> but just like it's it's trying to find that way to make it easy for myself mm -hmm. somehow where it's tied to something else where maybe it's like when the kettle boils I try and write for like those three minutes or I don't know that's actually, I may have just had like a light bulb brilliant <laughs> idea right there. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes it really helps to give yourself a really tiny yeah, amount of time to do it because then that's all you have. And then you're not as worried about trying to produce like this whole thing all at once. You're just like, okay, I'm just going to get this down. And a lot of times I find that that's enough to, if you have extra time beyond that, say like three minutes you've allotted for yourself, it jump starts it. So then you just keep going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's such a you just get over that initial block. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I mean, I know because I know you outside of this recording world. Um, what is what is your typical writing routine? Um, slash how has that changed over the last year? And <laughs> why has it changed? <laughs> oh, what hasn't changed over the last year? Um Including the reason that we're recording this at nine o'clock at night. So <laughs> a year ago, I was happily unencumbered with a child and I just did my own thing all the time. 
I would get up and I had this lengthy like morning routine and I would work out and then I would shower and like dry my hair and like read a book and get some tea and like I would actually sit down first thing in the morning do some kind of like even if it was a really short journal exercise like three things I'm grateful for or um you know here's what I really want to get done during the day like really simple but then I would like I would I had all the time in the world to get into my writing routine so it usually meant like making a cup of tea sitting down at my desk opening up my word doc or google doc or whatever I'm using and then giving myself usually a time limit so I would say like if it was a creative thing just for me I would write for half an hour and then I would cap it at that for the day and then I'd move on to the stuff that um I was getting paid to write. Um, and then, you know, for stuff like that, obviously I try to be as efficient with my time as I could, but you know, you just write till your deadline and then you submit what you have. Um, so sometimes like later nights and whatever. Now, <laughs> slightly different with a child that does not sleep. Uh, so he's, uh, currently sort of sleeping, kind of crying, kind of whatever. Um, so now most of my day is childcare, it, meaning I have like the shortest of morning routines ever, um, which is like jam him in his little seat and put on SpongeBob SquarePants and then like run around like a crazy person to like put on my tea, take my pills, make my granola, wash my face, sit down and figure out what I have to do for the day. Like I still do the three things I'm grateful for. So at least like my brain is doing something semi-creative um, first thing, but really I'm with him uh, until he naps. And then <laughs> there's like no uh, routine whatsoever. It is like quietly back out of the room and then <laughs> get to your computer <laughs> as silently as possible. And then just put your head down Um and get to it which is weird because like I would think that I never could do that before but I guess necessity is the mother of all invention mm -hmm. um yeah and when you only have like an hour nap in the morning and you're like fuck like I gotta get this like freaking article done like I gotta do this thing you kind of just get into it um and write as much as you can in the hour that you have so I guess in a sense, it's not too much different because it's sort of constrained by the time that I'm writing, but there's definitely not as much like lead up or like relaxation or um, even routine because I got into a really good routine before where I was like being creative first thing in the morning so that I could kind of like get all of that out of my brain before I consumed like my inbox and Instagram and all these things, whereas now... It's just kind of doing what I can in the pockets of time I have. And then for anything that I want to do that's a bit more creative. So let's say it's uh, my own blog writing, um, even some stuff for the podcast, like writing out an outline of what I might want to say. That now typically has to take place between 8 o'clock at night and midnight, um, which I previously would have said is like not fantastic for creativity. Um so it's probably not like my 100 percent is probably i'm probably working like <laughs> somewhere between 50 and 60 percent um 
But I think that also goes back to the whole like taking the pressure off um, Mm -hmm. and just going like, this is the best I can do right now. You know, some days are obviously better than others. Some days I have more energy than other days. But the the routine that I've gotten into now, especially for stuff that I'm doing for work, is what's most important for me, and I don't know if this would help or like apply to other people, but is the night before I write down the things that have to, have to, have to happen the next day. So if it's like a podcast recording, I've got to write an article for Ladders and... Um, let's say I have to do a little bit of technical writing for a client or something like that, then I'll I'll make sure I have those things written down on my calendar the night before. And I know what pockets of time each of those things have to fit in. So if it's like nap one, <laughs> nap two, and then like late at night, um, it clears my brain, right? So I'm not like worried about when I'm going to do these things and what I'm going to do. That's like already been decided and so then when I have those pockets of time I can just sit down I know what I got to do and then I get into it there's not a whole lot of like outlining or um even like brainstorming that really goes into it I've gotten really good at just being like okay this is what has to happen this is what I kind of know it needs to look like and then I just get into the document and write it all out so I don't know if that really answers the question because it's like a strange <laughs> kind of uh, existence right now with a kid that basically is a little dictator and determines everything in my life. <laughs> uh, no, I think it's really, really good. Um, now, I don't want to like bring up a sore subject, but I do want to talk about it just because like I know what I was kind of working on. I know what Jen's working on uh, prior to said addition to your life (laughs) I know that you were doing some purely creative writing Mm -hmm. some sort of story novel something ish Mm -hmm. um could you give us just a little tidbit of of that sure Um, what's happening there (laughs) yeah nothing has happened there since giving birth uh that is fair (laughs) but um prior to that um I was working on this story that was kind of in my brain and I don't really know like where it was going to go, but in essence, it came from this idea of, and this was like pre-pandemic, pre, you know, racial injustice, pre all of the things that have come up in the last year. Um, But essentially it was this idea where we always are kind of put in a position where there's like a group of people and they have these set of ideas and then there was always this other, like in quotations, right? There's like us and then the other. And like somehow that other group is always demonized. Like they're different. They're not the same. That means they're less than. Like I'm not saying that this is right. I'm just saying this is kind of human nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have like always loved reading like fantasy novels with like magic and, you know, mystical creatures and different worlds. So I had that idea of like, you know, what if we delved into the other, but in this kind of like magical land where there is the other who like, obviously would be some sort of like a fairy magical, whatever, um, (laughs) but would be 
like demonized, right? Because they'd have powers and maybe there was like conflict. And so I was working on a story where this girl is kind of living in this, obviously like pre-technology, I don't know, like magical stuff always happens before smartphones, right? Um, (laughs) Seems to. (laughs) I don't know why that is, but... So it was like old school, like trapped in a village, something happens, then she gets to go off on an adventure like into this other world and discovers that like other doesn't necessarily mean like demon. Um, So I I was like exploring this weird like fantasy-ish type thing uh, and I took took a couple writers classes like at writers.com and like submitted um, some, you know, sample pages and stuff like that and it was a weird experience because I'm not uh like a trained writer uh in any sense really especially when it comes to fiction but submitting my stuff and like getting feedback was really strange because like (laughs) I knew it wasn't good like it was a first draft it was something I'd never done before but the feedback was all like I think they were expecting these people to have already written novels and be like so much further along than I was that I found it quite disheartening um to like yeah to like submit it and then get it back and they're just like oh world building oh no sense of smell like oh like and you're just like (laughs) whoa oh man like can't you just tell me like this is cool and like maybe work on this anyway um (laughs) so (laughs) didn't complete that course um but I, I like, I kind of let that like <laughs> linger in the background. So I haven't touched that in a long time. Um, and then that, like, I feel like I will probably come back to writing something at some point, but I've also got like a weird inkling that perhaps there is like a nonfiction book in me somewhere too. Um, First of all, I just have to say, absolutely there is. <laughs> I talk to you every day and all the stuff that like, even just everything you say on the podcast right now, that could be like a book right there. <laughs> well, thank you. I love you for your support all the time. Um, and like, I also have stories, as Jen knows, because we have been doing this for a long time, uh, that have been sitting there for a long time. And like, again, I haven't literally touched them in so long, but I still like think about them. And even in this last year, I feel like I've been thinking about little bits of them more. Hmm. So like, don't forget that story. That story's gonna come back, and it will it will come out when it's supposed to come out. Yeah, I think that's it, Agreed. right? Like yeah, it's and some no stories pressure. just need to percolate longer mm. than others. I find. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And like, I'm in such a different place now too that, you know, some of the things that like I really look forward to with Charlie is like when he's a little bit older and I can actually start reading him, like classics and Harry Potter and like you know, different magical stories and fairy tales and all that kind of stuff. Like, I feel like that will probably ignite a little bit more of that, like, childlike creativity. Um, And good God, he will hopefully be sleeping by that point, too. (laughs) Which will probably also do wonders for creativity. Wonderful. Before we wrap up, we always have to ask, of course, uh, what are you reading right now? Even if it's a workbook, that's fine. Oh, good. I, I actually have a fiction book on the go right now. Um, it's called The Midnight Bargain uh, by C.L. Polk. Um, 
it was shortlisted shortlisted longlisted i think it was shortlisted for the this what is it canada reads oh okay i was like why have i heard of this yeah i can't really picture it (laughs) um and i i like read the synopsis and i was like ooh, magic women being it's like they wear these collars around their neck um when they come to be like childbearing age so that uh the magic can't infiltrate their like unborn child it's like super weird but (laughs) obviously the magic child okay like it kind of makes sense for me right now um (laughs) i'm really like digging it because i don't like i would recommend it as a fantasy read if you like fantasy because the way that she writes is really interesting it's not your typical like colloquial English it's actually like almost old-fashioned-y like some of the words that she uses and the sentence structure and how they speak and I think because like the society that's set in is so traditional and I guess it's, it's not really like the real world but it would in a sense be in the past it's it's kind of a nice way to escape because it actually feels nothing like present time Sounds very interesting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm intrigued. Um, well, this has been a delight. I say as if I've never talked to you before and I don't talk to you for like hours every day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it has been. We just, we love talking about books. We love talking about writing. And it's really interesting, you know, as I said earlier, you know, that was one of the biggest things in this last couple of years that I've realized, you know, I can write short stories. I don't have to write novels. I can write weird little poems. It doesn't have to be, you know, a thousand page book kind of stuff. So just hearing about your technical writing, your blog writing, all that kind of stuff is really, really awesome. Um, so where can people find you? Well, thanks. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Katie Thorndike. Um, it's spelled weird, so I'm imagining Jet will put that in the show notes. Yes, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, you can also find me on my website, which is katiethorndike.com, and I also post on LinkedIn, especially for some of the career blogs and things that I write, because that is kind of the right home for them. Um, and you can find me on my podcast, uh, The Otherwise Intelligent Woman, which comes out every Monday. Um Jet has been on it, so I'm feeling like we need to schedule something with Jen. Uh, oh, I would future, love that. <laughs> which would be so cool. We can talk about all kinds of stuff. Um, and I think I would also say, like, I would echo what Jet is saying. You know, even if you you really, like, you love the creative writing, it's your jam, there are so many different ways to write, and you might be surprised to find that you have, like, a snarky voice that comes out in a blog or you're really good at coming up with like super catchy headlines that you didn't know you were able to do or you have a really academic voice that actually is quite necessary to different people who need help writing in like engineering and science and lab work and all that kind of stuff so I would just say like try everything just because you're writing in a realm you didn't think you would be writing in doesn't mean it's not creative and I am so honored to be asked to come on your podcast uh thank you guys so much thank you so much for being here uh and and 
as I said before, for helping us with our blogs because <laughs> yes. uh, you, you both know that I hate writing blogs in blog form. <laughs> I, love, I love the writing stuff, but I just having to make it quote unquote blogged, bloggy, whatever. Oh, it just like just like stabs me in the face. But <laughs> you always come back around and make it awesome. So thank you so much. Oh, you're um, super welcome. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode where we definitely talk about something. Oh my god, is two weeks May? It, yeah. It's gonna be May. Yeah, um, so it's gonna be our, our book club book. Wonderful. <laughs> which is uh, We Are Never Meeting in Real Life, an essay collection um, by Samantha Irby. So you still have some time to yeah. read that before the episode comes out. So even if you only read parts of it, because again, like I said, essays are good for that. You just get to like Pick it up, put it down. It's nice. Amazing. So we will see you then. Bye.